Welcome to Behind the Table, produced by Ryko Theatricals. We take an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. We are flipping the audition table to be more inclusive to new stories that deserve to take their rightful place behind the table. Our show airs every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our social media, at Ryko Theatricals. Now please welcome our host, Sherry Nell Thompson. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Table, an in-depth look at the creative process and the creators behind it. On tonight's show, I'm gonna be having a conversation with actor, dancer, and dance maker, Katherine Crockett. If you are a New Yorker and this name rings a bell, it's probably because you've seen her in shows like Queen of the Night, where she played a queen, or as a principal dancer in the Martha Graham Dance Company. If not, it might be because you've seen her in feature films like Ricky and the Flash, alongside Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein, or as Kate Blanchett's dancer double in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, or starring in the dance drama Fall to Rise. Either way, you're gonna get to know her tonight. So without further ado, Catherine, come on in. Hello. Uh-oh, let's see here, can I unmute? Hello, how hey. are you? <laughs> I'm good, so happy to be here. Well, welcome, thank you so much for coming on. How are you tonight? Doing good, trying to stay warm in these crazy New York, uh, you know. I know, it's no storms. It's so good to see you um, face to face, I guess we're calling that. Is our right. face to face now on the internet? The closest we can get, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> Hello. Um, Hard for us dancers, right? I guess, yeah, it's the new normal, right? Well, one thing I've realized is even knowing somebody for years as an adult, I really learned so much about the people, especially the guests come on the show, when they talk about how much you know they learned growing up and how they came up. Um, I know you were dancing as a child and then you like, Basically, you, you you came out dancing and then went straight to the Met. <laughs> so can you just start by giving us a little background on your life, your life as a dancer, like your like your parents or your family artists? Um, you know, tell me and also tell me, did you see this trajectory for yourself, like from a young child? Um, well, I was very fortunate in that both of my parents are artists. My father is a visual artist, painter, and my mother is a performance artist, um, had a background in theater and also um, does drawing. So I kind of, I grew up really with, uh, surrounded by art and got to see lots of things. I think one of the, my most memorable first experiences as a child with dance was in, um, we lived in San Francisco and they had free, uh, the San Francisco ballet would perform in the park, kind of like summer stage, you know, in New York, but like they would have these free performances and people would have picnics and I was four years old. And, and I remember seeing, they did Alice in Wonderland. And I was completely from that moment, first of all, I loved the story of Alice in Wonderland this, you know, this girl who could just enter these fantasy worlds and um, right. open secret doors and have these um, amazing journeys. And then seeing this gorgeous production, I became completely entranced. And um, and so my parents, uh, they, at the, at the same time, I was taking, I was studying dance classes 
um, at a local small, it wasn't San Francisco Ballet, it was a small little uh, dance school. Um, and I had tap and I had ballet and jazz, you know, kind of all of the little bits of stuff. And I just loved it. And I loved um, that kind of world of make-believe. And um, we had, we did, even did like Isadora style stuff. I had big chiffon, yes. you know, scarves that we got to choose from. Creative movement, kind of uh, very open. Um, and then my family, we moved a lot. My, as my dad is an artist, he, we, he would do uh, visiting artist residencies mm -hmm. and teaching jobs at different universities uh, throughout the different states. And um, my journeys took me from um, California to Oregon to a year in Texas, Lubbock, Texas, and then to Columbus, Ohio, where um, I was about, I think, nine or 10, 10 years old. Um, and I studied ballet throughout these different places, but you know, it was kind of like move here, move there, move, you know. And it was—it's hard to get your feet into something when you're um, always transient. Around. And so when we got to Ohio, I—I um, I got a scholarship at Ballet Met, Ballet Metropolitan there, and um, and we stayed there for quite a while. And I got to apprentice with the company, and um, and really, really fell in love with ballet. That was that was kind of my first passion, the discipline and the the intensity and the passion. And um, and um, then I left uh, I left home when I was 16. Um, wow. Yeah, I graduated from high school early and um, I just wanted to come. You know, I wanted to be in New York. I wanted to. Um, you know, the dream, live the dream. Um, oh, yeah. Somehow my parents said. Yes, although they tell me now, they're like, why did we, you know? Um, but uh, so I went actually a year to SUNY Purchase, um, upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my first real exposure to contemporary and modern dance. And okay. um, I had teachers in Graham. My teachers were um, Bert Turbero and Armgard von Batterleben. <gasps> Did you have Armguard? Armguard, yes. Yes, she was my first gram teacher. Aww. And I was. It was what another thing actually that reminds me of that the thing. One of the things that was difficult um, in ballet is that I'm five eleven, like right. almost a little over five eleven. And when wow. I'm dancing on point, I'm over six feet, like right. I'm an Amazon. And <laughs> some companies. I mean, even, I don't, I mean, New York City Ballet, I think Maria Kurowski is one of their tallest dancers. I'm not, she's, I'm just a little bit taller than her. And they, they celebrate, they have like, you know, tall people too, but a lot of it depends on having a partner. You know, right. so as a woman, because in ballet uh, often, um, there's a very traditional perspective of things. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just hard for me as a young teen who is like obviously getting taller and taller and like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I can't, you know, there's some things you just, that's what you are. And it was right. really, to have someone like Armaguard, Armaguard, for those of you who don't know her, she was about six, two, I think yeah, or a little bit over six feet. And, um, this amazing, um, teacher that we had who, who was at Graham. And so, she would, she would often say at Graham, she would say, I grew 
three inches because of the ground floor work. <laughs> so she would tell us like little people that like, if you want to grow, you know, you really have to sit up and you'll grow yes. doing this. Yes, lift up that spine, open that up. Oh, rest in peace. I love her. Yeah. And also Bert, who is an incredible, incredible uh, free spirit, totally different approach to Graham, very uh, fun and had us laughing. Um, so about a year after, yeah, I was I was at SUNY Purchase for a year, and then I had um, I developed bone spurs in my big toe metatarsals, oh. and yeah, and it was really really painful. And um, so I had surgery at mm -hmm. you know the mature age of sixteen. Wow. And so it was uh, yeah, I was uh, had surgery and. Um, and so they were like, you can't do point work anymore. I stayed at the rest of the year at SUNY Purchase and mm -hmm. did like a combined major. I started studying anthropology, women's studies and philosophy of religion. That was like wow. my, yeah. And I, you know, and, and I did some theater and some um, experimental film mm -hmm. uh, classes. And I was, I kind of made, I wanted to make this major of um, anthropology, women's studies and philosophy of religion as this kind of like, because I had this, thought that of maybe I'll travel the world and um and um kind of have a connect like connect people by sharing our dances so I had that kind of as a thought of like you know this because I feel like dance is this um in some ways a, a way to uh because it it doesn't it's not bound by language like I mm -hmm. can I can move especially expressive dance I can do something um, in my body that's theatrical that, you know, like the Graham technique, which all comes from the, the torso and the emotions mm -hmm. and, and people, they don't have to understand. They, they could come from a completely different, you know, speak a different language, but there's this human body connection. We somehow yeah. understand that because we all live in this body in a, in a body, we right. all understand what it, like, you know, when you're standing like this or when you're standing and you're, you know, arm guard full, you know, yeah. we, we there, the body language communicates so much. Um, so I didn't end up becoming a world anthropologist dance, you know, but I, exactly. I did travel the world. But what I, what happened was that then I, I left purchase and came, I got a full scholarship to the Graham school um and um i just absolutely you know i was very hungry for that particular experience and um you know kind of letting go of dancing on point and realizing that actually i was really really drawn to a lot of what martha graham was talking about not only through her physical technique but also um as a woman um, in, uh, and I at that time was just, you know, kind of coming into myself and I feel like she spoke to me on so many different levels in that she was a representation of a woman who, um, did not, she, she, she defied a lot of the rules and conventions of her time and then, you know, beyond, and she was expressing, uh, movement um that was coming from the deepest parts of our internal being and it and not from an outer decorative this is what femininity looks like but right. instead kind of almost a more primal more visceral place of what 
what is, you know, which I think was really and still is um, uh, threatening in a way to society, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of really be an empowered woman, you know, moving from this visceral, sensual place. And Martha's, Martha always talked about the movement originates, it's in the pelvis. It's the place where all life begins. Again, absolutely. You know, for male and female, or for anyone who's, you know, non like you, you're, you're, you feel your, your place of power and that's in the pelvis. That's where yeah. all of us have, and it's in the Kundalini and yoga, like the, the base chakras, like it all starts there and builds and flows upward. So, you know, she in her technique just, really um, created a new language that um, allowed, I mean, allowed so many people to tap into this um, place of, of uh, emotional uh, truth that went beyond kind of the facade of just some, what, how something looks. And at the same time, her choreography and the architecture of her choreography to me is visually absolutely stunning. So, but the but the thing is, is that to arrive at a place where the gesture, it, it's that the gesture has to mean something. Mm. It's not that you're just doing a gesture for the sake of doing something beautiful. The gesture right. is an inevitable expression of what the artist is trying to say or what Martha was creating in that moment. She, you know, the, the arm went out because there was something happened or the arm went out because there was a, you know, and it came from, right. it came from the inside out, which is a very different way um, for me when I came to school. It was like, wow, I... This just, I just, it was like tingles. And I felt like I was this live wire. I was this, this electricity that was yeah. vibrating. And I, and, and when I came to Graham, it was like, I found this electrical plug and I could just zoom into that and, and surge. And, and it, it gave me so much. Um, I learned so much too, because also as a very tall woman, um, the movement in Graham, Martha herself was five two. And a lot of the movement is very staccato and, um, you know, has a compactness to it. And you have mm -hmm. to, it's all about finding again, that center. And as a more willowy mover is my natural kind of movement it forced me to find a power that wasn't necessarily, um, you know, my innate approach to things, mm -hmm. which was super interesting to me. Like how, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I can, uh, I, I feel there's a, there's a, there's a pulse in that. I, I, that's, you know, and of course seeing the extraordinary dancers, of the company and, so I, um, I was, uh, I joined the company. Um, I was invited to join the company, which was amazing because uh, there was there. Now I think they all they usually audition people, but at that time, not many people. It was just after Martha had just died, and um, you know, a couple years before, and um, you know, it's like this great honor to. Um, you know, be invited to join the company and, um, and terrifying at the same time. Um, I was fortunate to, uh, when I was at the school to be able to meet Martha and she would come in and watch, actually she watched one of Armguard's classes. She would, she would watch, she would sit in the class and watch 
um, as the, you know, she just, you know, she said, there's one of my favorite quotes, uh, I don't know if it's that well known, is that, you know, she talked about um, not, you know, she was what, 96 when she passed. So in this interview, she was somewhere near that. She said, mm -hmm. I'm not suited for, I don't care. I'm not suited for the rocking chair. I know some, I know some 14 year olds who are suited for the rocking chair, you know? So it, that mentality of that, she just needed to, even though she might've been watching, I don't remember if I was in a level one or level two class, it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, that the, the other the company level, but yeah. Yet, um, but she just needed to be there to see, to see bodies moving and that gave her life. And I just, I had so many incredible experiences just remembering things she said um, in the studio. I, I one, one thing she said, um, your ancestor was a snake to the class. <laughs> and, um, and I was also at the same time reading Blood Memory, which is uh, her memoirs, mm -hmm. her biography, um, which, kind of is about that in our this feeling what i don't know if it's genetically true but it we have in our blood the history of the entire origin of life yeah and so in a sense by giving that image and we were doing turns around the back you know and i was like i could start to feel that snake part of me mm -hmm. you know and and because of this image that she gave right that it wasn't saying, okay, now you're going to you put your hip here and then going to move your waist and then you're going right. to, you know. Your legs go there and your, your arms go there, here. Uh, and that's all important, you know, we yeah. got to make pieces. But by just simply saying your ancestor was a snake. Yeah. There's something in like, oh, yeah, I have that too. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the sense of like this beautiful creature with mystery and sensuality. And um, so that was one, I, I loved that moment. It's a great um, memory. You know, uh, it, it reminds me of something. Uh, one person, let me see here, Mariko. Mariko, hi Mariko. She said, hey, so happy to watch today. You know, Mariko also was in, at the Graham School, the same generation as me. And she used to say, I don't know if she remembers this, but she used to always say, I feel so much more grounded, like because of Graham, because she also came in like from a ballet modern background. But like she, she would say, "I feel so oh, yeah. grounded. Like I feel so, I feel so much stronger." Yeah. And uh, it's just funny that she just popped up because when you were saying that, I was thinking, "Wow, that's so that's very apropos." It's so, so you true as well. It's like because Martha Graham, and and you think of the idea of like that a lot of the work is in a, a grand plié it's it's and it's barefoot it's connected it's sensing the earth and i mean what a radical thing too to think like you know we uh, the earth as being this um this center of power mm -hmm. you know and how i feel wow we really need to uh remember that right now i think the earth needs us to remember that more it, than ever. Yes. More than ever. Center of power and that that we can connect to that um, ourselves. But yes, grounded, mm, strong. <laughs> That's Martha. Yeah. I still do contractions to ground myself, LOL. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
You know, okay, so then you so then you were invited to dance with the company. Fast forward, you're dancing with the company for for then years for 21 you know, years. Wow. So I, so for with the company. Amazing. Um, and so so then you then you decided to leave and you were like really interested in pursuing immersive theater uh, as a next frontier, among other things. And we chatted about the law of attraction, how strongly it can affect outcomes. So let's talk about it because you you left something that was very, very familiar to you at that point and yeah. to go into something completely new. How did you know where to go and how to follow that? sort of instinct? Well, you know, it's really, um, you know, I had such an incredible, long, amazing career dancing Martha Graham's work that, I mean, I, it was, it, it's definitely a highlight of my entire life. And I, um, I had such incredible other artists to be able to perform with. Um, and I, you know, I didn't, if someone would have asked me, oh yeah, while I was in the Graham company, oh, or, or said, yeah, you're gonna be going and doing immersive theater and all these other productions, I would have kind of been like, what? Yeah. But um, I, the uh, woman who was the stage manager for Queen of the Night, which was the immersive show I was in, um, she reached out to me, she had been a stage manager for the Graham company on a tour that we did um in brazil uh and she reached out and um had suggested to queen of the night people saying you know you need to uh this is this is the queen this woman is the queen it's the queen meet her this is the queen and so i uh and i said well i mean i don't know what is this show i'm you know i'm with, i've got tours and this and that and um and uh, so, uh, but I came in for the audition and I met Christine Jones was the director and Randy Weiner was, is the producer, was the producer. Um, and they, he had also done Sleep No More and several other shows. Um, and uh, I just, it, it was such a, for my, for my interview, I had prepared uh, several different monologues from Marina Abramovich's, uh, uh, she has um, an artist manifesto. Okay. There's several different sections. And so I, um, I, I did part of that for my, for my audition and, um, and yeah, and then, you know, danced of course, but they, it, it was, it was amazing to, um, to and then when I kind of came into the world, I um, was at this. It was supposed to be only a six-week thing, and so I talked to Graham and uh, Janet Elber, who's the director at Graham right now. Like, was um, she was very very understanding. She was like, "Yes, we'll, we'll work it out." They worked it out so that I had understudies uh, at Graham, and then Queen of the Night worked it out that when I would go on tour with Graham, they had my understudy, you know, an understudy for me as Queen, mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of. Uh, it was actually a little bit, it was a, kind of amazing. I'm a person that I like, the more you give me to do, the more happier I am. I, I, I thrive off of um, that kind of thing. And so yeah. I was playing, I remember I was playing Queen Clytemnestra 
uh, rehearsing that by day and then Queen of the Night at night. And like, this is so great. Like I could just, I, being queen is fun. <laughs> just being queen good. all the time. And I'm sure when you came in there with uh, Marina Abramovich, like for an audition, they were like, wow, this is a very intense <laughs> queen. We, she's going to be the queen. Um, yeah. you know, I, I actually came to see you in Queen of the Night with a big group of people. And I remember like you, I didn't know that this was a thing, like that you would pick somebody in the audience and pull them on stage. And you you pulled me on stage and I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? <laughs> I was so shocked. Um, but you know, it was, it was really, really fun. And I don't know if you got to see that story that I posted like just before we went live, but I posted a picture from your crown app that you have on your page. And, um, and I tried to like sync it up with like, <laughs> the queen with the crown that be down for whatever. So anywho, when you get a chance, check it out because it's really cute. Um, let's talk about you some more. Let's talk about dance on film and, and actually acting on film. Kate Blanchett has a very extreme likeness to you and, and, and the, her character Daisy was a dancer um, and you were cast as Daisy the dancer in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. with. Brad Pitt and Taraji P. Henson and Kate Blanchett, obviously. What was that experience like? And feel free to give us the dirt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or the, you well, know, the tea. It was what really like. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously, uh, what an incredible honor. Uh, the film was directed by David Fincher, who was such a dream to work with. Um, Brad was amazing to work with. And Kate, of course, I had. Um, rehearsals with her. The choreographer was Michelle Johnson Sellers, who um, actually discovered me. She's the one that found me. I had been recovering from an injury at Graham. I mm. tore my rectus femoris an inch and a half off the bone. It was really dramatic and painful. Um, and uh, I was, so I wasn't touring, but I was already in the recovery phase. Like I was able to dance again, but you know, the company, Graham company was like, well, you know, you can't, you got to recover. Well, you can do, you know, these four pieces a night. And I was like, well, I could do one of them. So it was like, just needed to, to wait on that. And I was at Steps, which is a dance school in New York and yeah. um, in the dressing room changing. And Michelle said, you know, she came up to me and said, you, you look a lot like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> and I said, you know, I didn't know really what, why she was at. And I said, well, people have said that. And she said, cause I'm working on a film and then told me, and the, the role actually was set in the period of time. It was kind of a, a modern dance. They needed someone who yeah. knew, who, you know, was that modern dance, Martha Graham kind of inspired um, time right. that Daisy was, um, that scene is. Um, right. A lot of the movement is not, it's not there. I did do some Graham movements. I put mm -hmm. in a pitch turn and a, yeah. a Fall and of course and and a, and a tilt because those are kind of um you know Catherine Graham like the, I hurt those so much um, right yeah so I uh, uh, it was incredible the, the the first day on set um, or I was in I you know I was in my trailer and I was yeah I had to go to the hair and makeup. They they had red hair. They gave me red hair and right. Um, but I was waiting for the hair and makeup uh, artist, and I was just in there. And it was it was filmed. My scene was filmed in New Orleans, in this beautiful park 
in that area. Um, and I, I was, it was, um, we were rehearsing and it was very steamy and I felt kind of sweaty and dirty and, and I was chewing a piece of gum and I was like reaching into my bag to like get something else. And Brad Pitt walks in. I'm like, Oh my God. You know I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, rehearsing, you know, and, uh, he was looking for the, the, uh, hair and makeup person. And, and, uh, I got a little, and you know, he said, oh, <laughs> hi, uh, I'm Brad. And then did the double, like took my hand over his hand. shake. <laughs> I was like, I know. No, I was very, I, I composed myself. I, I, I I'm not like a, celebrity geek uh but it was really it was it was um it was a funny moment because i thought oh i want to be all you know put together put together yeah. yeah but um you know what's amazing is to actually get to watch uh as people of that level um work and also to be in an environment like it was you know uh it, it's a big major feature film that um um, you know, they've got things together. Like you, yeah. you know, you, you know, go to set here, you know, and they take you around. And so it was really great to see how the things run that way. Working with Kate and Michelle in the studio was super incredible. Um, you know, the first day I was terribly nervous working, you know, like to meet her and, um, just to, you know, show the dance that I'd made and, you know, just that, that artist thing where you're like, Oh, and she yeah. just, right away was um so incredibly gracious and she you know she had nerves of her own you know she's yeah. she doesn't dance and you know the movement like they had to do like the dancing all of the you know wide shots are all me but a close-up of a face or something is all kate so yeah. we had to be in sync right and she had to learn and was so open to wanting to learn um the movement and know things and um and is you know still a, a a friend that she came to see queen of the night um yeah and, and whenever she's in new york um i try to see her i the last time i saw her though was uh doing her show the present on broadway and mm -hmm. i think that was the last broadway show she did here which was she was amazing and i pretty much love her her in most of what she does, I feel like she's such an incredible actor. Um, and David Fincher was uh, so wonderful and so um, supportive. I just had nothing but beautiful experiences working with everybody uh, in that um, experience. And Michelle uh, Johnston, the choreographer, just uh, so supportive, so wonderful. Um, also somebody who's, uh, still a good friend of mine. Um, so that was uh, really exciting to to do um, something, you know, on that level. Two things that I really, that really strike me about what you're saying. Um, the first thing is goes back to what you were saying about that dance being like sort of a human experience. So it sort of levels the playing field for everybody coming in and you're trying mm -hmm. to meet you know, the same point that the other dancer is meeting. So that that's really, um, actually, it's a, it's interesting to hear, you know, like when you're working with someone that quote unquote big, who's like nervous also. Right. Well, and that's a mark of gen, genuine, genu, genuineness. Yes. <laughs> you know, and authenticity. Well, yeah. Authenticity. Yeah. Because, you know, there's this desire to actually really understand 
Um, and I think that's what makes somebody a good artist. Yes, put so the like, ego aside. And, yep. and the other thing that struck me was talking about being on set with people. You know, we were just talking to my producer and he was on set and he had on, you know, the mask and he looked like he had on a full body like hazmat. <laughs> it's very different now. I, I want to talk more about dance on film, but first I need to just give a word from our partners. Every Wednesday at 1 p.m., I take a moment to take a breath by listening to The Overflow, an amazing podcast hosted by James Roberts IV and Jen Olivares. They talk about reality, they talk about dreams, they talk about art and artists and life. They give pause to the moment that we tend to gloss over or just plain ignore. Produced by Ryko Theatricals as a part of their podcast series, Ryko Live, our show The Overflow draws directly from the weeds of wellness culture, tackling topics of discussion from the intersection of mind-body connection, cultural humility, and social media's presence and all that. Creativity will be stoked, feet will be planted, minds expanded every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, live on our social media, Ryko Theatricals. Okay, now, <laughs> um, to continue our discussion on dance on film, you started in a little movie called Fall to Rise, and that was directed by Jay Spartuck, and that's starring you, Tamara Tooney, the great Desmond Richardson, Daphne Rubin Vega, and obviously there were some of the actors from uh, from the dance world that we know, like Masha Maddox, Carrie Mortalish, Abdiel Jacobson, Lloyd Knight. And I even saw a cameo with Jamal Barnes. I actually hadn't seen the full movie. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, hey, is that Jamal? <laughs> which, is, which is funny because I just interviewed him about a few weeks ago on here. Um, if you know anything about dance, you know that it is a very small world. Tell me how much fun it is to work with a crew like completely different from that where you know everybody and is that easier than a cast of strangers well i was really excited um when jace and uh tiffany bartok came to me with this this film which it took a lot of different directions um they had already uh they had Daphne as the character Sheila and they were looking for Lauren Drake who was my character mm -hmm. and of course i was i was like okay we're gonna bring in all these other dancers and i got um i i've been wanting to do more with desmond so i i brought him in i brought in all my gram buddies or as many as i could if we had we we couldn't bring awesome. in, you know <laughs> but um so it was and that was definitely welcomed like they were like yes you know bring in you know because they i know the dance world and i know um uh you know the people who uh i was excited to be able to work with and so and they are they know more you know the film world so it was a really wonderful to be able to have a voice um I, working with and i that was the, how i met daphne um okay. i had never worked with her before meeting her for this film and um my gosh i just adore her i she is um so I learned so much. I mean, it's it's hard. Um, it was such a, a beautiful experience shooting that and making that with these incredible artists. Um, I, <clears throat> of course, looking back, you, yeah, I, I feel like I know a lot more about acting and voice and um, camera than I did at that time. And the thing about film is that it's set, and that's that version has to go yeah. out, and that's what it is. And um, 
And so I am always correcting myself when I watch it. I'm like, oh, you should have, you should have, oh, why didn't you, you know, like, oh, well, I guess that was okay. No, you should, you know, yeah. so it's hard for me, really hard for me to watch myself. Uh, but, um, and, but Jace, oh my gosh, Jace, the director was so, uh, and, and, and he and, and Tiffany wrote and, and, you know, created that together. But, um, he, he was, um, so incredible to work with understanding that I was number one, a dancer. I've had theater training and I worked with city company, uh, and Bogart's company playing mm -hmm. Troy and, uh, out in, uh, the Getty Villa at BAM, um, in various different theaters. So that was, you know, and I've done a few other small parts, but this was really, you know, to play the lead in this was they put so much trust in me and, um, um, and you did well. It was and great. I loved it. That gave me so much confidence. And working with Daphne, I just learned so much from her. She was such a generous actor. And I and and seeing how she would um watching how she would uh react to me. She really like it was so real, like she really was able to um or is because of who she, you know, her her who she is as a as an artist, she drew me into that like it helped me we had so many scenes together and yeah. we had such a great off-camera dynamic that you know that re was reflected on camera and it just relaxed me and it um you know i felt like you know working with her drew a lot out of me as well as working with jace and tiffany who were so patient um and so encouraging and really like made me feel like, okay, I, this, I can do this. This isn't, yeah, I'm, I'm finding things in myself. And I, nice. you know, I really had to like figure it out, like in the process of doing it. You um, know, Daphne has that voice where you're like, I, you know, I feel like I know this, who this actor is like, and I, you know, you think of shows like I've watched Sex in the City, that movie, like so many times. And it's like, oh, that's that voice because she comes in the beginning of that movie and she has that voice. It's just a singular voice. Yeah, that well, she, has. she starred as Mimi and Rent. That was, yes. like, you know, and she's doing uh, In the Heights, which I think it came out or is coming out that just, you know, recently they filmed. It's coming out soon. Coming out soon. Mm -hmm. I think everything gets got delayed with covid <laughs> but um but yeah so so uh such great actors i mean all of them tamara tooney and does you know just such a yeah. joy to be able to dance with him and um you know beautiful creature of amazing talent and then you know all the the gods and goddess dancers that that uh joined me as the the company part yeah it was great Switching gears, uh, the last time we talked, we did chat about a lot of stuff, but one thing we talked about was like the struggle of footage. And I I've been struggling myself with archiving footage, recreating steps based on like videos. And, um, you know, I know before this technological moment that we're in, I used to memorize steps and, and pieces, dances for like years. <laughs> Just know them. And now I feel like I refer to video so much. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was watching, I think one time we were rehearsing um, some, some gram repertoire and we're watching the video and we're like, okay, in a step, and you know, before the director comes in and then the director comes in and she's like, what is that? that? That's not what it is. And we're like, what? 
And it was almost like the video, like my eyes were like deceiving me. Cause what I saw in the video was like, oh, I thought I saw a chasse, but I, it was really just three steps, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just wanted to like sort of quick foray into how getting, and also like with footage, getting it from people after you've done shows is also like impossible. <laughs> so, um, that's a whole other story. That's yeah, a whole other thing. No, it's um, interesting. I, I, um, uh, what came to mind was uh, the fact that for dance in particular, it's a, uh, it's a language that is taught from body to body, mm -hmm. and. Um, while it's wonderful that we have these Zoom, I mean, we are stuck because we're, we are creatures of the visceral and we're stuck in the virtual. Right. And, um, you know, so we're trying to navigate that. Mm -hmm. But um, how has that affected you? Like that visceral experience of being live versus like virtual, like, you know, rehearsal or, or shows even? Oh, uh, it, it has been a full on, um, day to day, uh, kind of thing that I, I think, oh gosh, you know, like, cause, because when you have a live audience, there's an energy transfer that happens. Um, mm -hmm. it is a physical energy transfer. It is like molecules that are shooting out and shooting back at you. And you're at this heightened state um of aliveness and um i mean I, I there's nothing like that experience it's a, such a um it's a sacred sacred place um it, it's almost like the uh um the molecules of light you know that it, like in um quantum mechanics they talk about that a light will either be a wave or a particle depending mm -hmm. on how if you know i feel like when people focus and see and open their eyes and are watching you and you're that you're all of the light particles become these waves of energy that move through i'm just comparing i'm probably nonsensing science right now to make my emotional point <laughs> but i feel like that the focus we have and give as performer audience receiver is light it's love it's it's really is that, that, I mean, it really is love. It's, it's like, I'm giving love. You're, you know, they're receiving and they're giving me that and, and I'm giving it back. And, you yeah. know, it's like, whoa, the, the way that that, and it, and you're also, um, because of the fact that it's live, you know, that you can't, um, you know, you can't rewind, re-edit. Oh, that part didn't go well. Let me chop that out and put like another version. When yeah. I did second time where it was like as you, you know, can in film yeah you're on that mark and you're either on it or you're not on it or you're emotionally delivering and it's just never the same each each night each each moment it changes and evolves because of who you are because of who's watching because of um you know the 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 whatever is in molecules are moving through the, the atmosphere at that moment, you are connected right. in a different way. And that's the beauty of it is that the audience that's sitting there is experiencing something that only they will experience. And even if it's captured on a two dimensional, um, you know, archival film, you mm -hmm. can't feel it the same way. We, no. there's a, there's a, um, something that, that, that prevents that, that, 
thing from and, and I, I feel yeah, yeah. It's very much like a love relationship I mean you wouldn't want to only see someone from you know this you want to you want a tactile but, experience yeah exactly you know you know I want to go a little bit farther into the technology of creating art but first I need to get a quick word from our partner are you searching for a nude leotard sports bra or a pair of shorts that matches your skin tone look no further you're in luck because my company nude by you provides custom nude skin tone undergarments. Just pop over to nudebyu.com and check us out. And if you want to support Black-owned businesses, go over to my GoFundMe, type in Nude by You, make a contribution to my startup capital fund as we are in the process of creating brand new prototypes for a line of leotards for studios and dancewear stores. Nude by You, it's your Nude by You. Speaking of technology, a lot of people think that social media is is bad is negative and it can be very negative in your life but i remember you told me that social media you thought of it as a net good in this moment and i think i agree with that could you elaborate a little bit on that before we uh close out? yeah i mean obviously kind of you know jumping off from where i was talking just now uh yeah. the fact that we can't we're in a pandemic right now. We can't um, connect with people mm -hmm. in the same way. And we as artists, particularly performing artists, we are not able to do what we normally do. A lot of people are performing in virtual things and making up, making some incredibly uh, creative work because we're forced to. And I'm, I applaud that and it's amazing, but I think we all really also uh, miss the, that real thing. Um, but I think in, in a way, um, you know, as, 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 you know, as limiting as it can be, I think social media platforms, um, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine going through this pandemic like 20 years ago. Terrible. Before we had ways to connect. Like it, it, it's been very helpful. I mean, I yes. really am on social media too much and that's not good, but, but you know, I do think that 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 um, you know, it's actually I've I've connected with people and um, and done collaborations with people. I've gotten jobs through social media. I've mm -hmm. um, you know, and and a lot of people use it for much much more than that. Um, and and you know, our social media stars, which that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. But uh, it does enable us in a way to keep a certain connection you know and yes we're we're still kind of you know stuck in a virtual world but <laughs> yeah. um but it's pretty amazing how um the necessity to connect um as human beings we mm -hmm. need connection we uh i mean this whole pandemic is just revealed that so extremely like it's so difficult yeah. just not being around people i mean i i you know i've seen a few friends safely you know social distanced wearing masks outside you know that sort of thing is and i just i'm like i just want to hug you i want to you know and obviously you can't but even just seeing another face it's a perfect yeah. face you know i we're i think after this is over i'm you know, I don't know when it, but but I think that we will all just so joyously be spinning, tossing, turning into the theater, leaping into the yeah. theater 
to see live art again. Definitely. To, you know, um, you know, dancing with our friends again and, you know, and, and that, but what's so evident is that despite the fact that we can't, you know, be in person, we find these ways and that social media, I think has given us a, a way to connect Mm-hmm. And um, things like FaceTiming, like, you know, people who can't be with their families, which is most of us, you know, you can actually see the person and I'm getting to yeah. see you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, beautiful face and, and um, you know, connect with people who, um, you know, through YouTube and through this podcast platform, getting to connect with people who, you know, I can't because of, you know, other reasons. So yeah. I... Um, you know, I think for all the other stuff, I, think and purposes. Thing, I, you know, yeah. use it for yeah. what you use it for. For, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting because I, you know, like I follow people online. I follow you online. I watch your stuff, but it's still different to actually talk to you. Even if it's not in person, it's still, it's still like a level up to be like talking to somebody yeah. directly as opposed yeah. to like, Oh, liking their stuff and it's like oh, right, yeah. right to like their stuff, but but it, you don't get that same energy. Let's do some quick fire questions. What do you have coming up? Do you have anything coming up? Um, I've got a few projects uh, that of my own art projects that I've been creating. Um, one of them I'm I'm pretty excited about. Um, there's a I can't really talk much on it yet because it hasn't been released. There's a um. A, a music musical artist group that uh, I made a um, art dance video for. And I'm really excited to be able to um, when they release that album. Okay. Um, I, I think they're going to release song by song. The 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 group is Sedato, and um, but I'll be posting like that on my um, on my social media. Wait, let me let me just remind everybody if you want to follow um Catherine, you can find her on Instagram at least uh, at Catherine at Kath Crockett. That's K A T H Crockett C R O C K E T T. And if you do you have any other places that you want to be found if you want to or just want people to follow oh, you on that one? That's a pretty good one. I also okay. um I have a production company called Exquisite Muse Productions. So mm-hmm. it's the word exquisite. And then Muse Productions. So uh, I also create a scalable immersive theater, um, especially prior to the whole pandemic. Um, uh, yeah, things as large as you know, big group things. I've choreographed for um, uh, the Emmys and um, premiere parties that uh, I worked in collaboration with producers to create an entertainment for and to perform for, um, huh. and um, nightlife events and special events, and uh, and then you know scaling from that to small gallery um, <laughs> performances and uh, focusing on experiential and immersive um, experiences. So. So you can quick, quick question before we go. Um, I always do the segment called hindsight is 2020, which in the joke is the gag is that 2020 is really in our hindsight. Thank the Lord. And, but um, what have you learned? Like what's one big thing that you could say, look to all the artists out there, dancers, actors, et cetera, 
uh, producers. And this is what I learned that I that I didn't know, you know, when I first started working. Um, I think one of the things I would say, and um, it came to mind um, when you asked this, it, uh, I was reminded of um, a letter that I wrote. It was part of the Queen of the Night. There was a, a letter that I would I would hand to one person, and that the mm -hmm. The um, the initiation for the letter was um, the director Christine Jones had said um, write a letter to your younger self, and um, as I was writing that, and then it became part of the theater, you know, that the, the character was writing this and that. But the message that I was writing, and it, that I really, as kind of hindsight, um, that I ended up seeing that I was really telling myself was um, to not let fear keep me from uh, life mm. and keep me from um, trying things, like uh, going into the unknown and, and trying new things. And, and because that, uh, that thing that feels like fear, I'm not talking about putting yourself in a physically threatened Danger, yeah. Right. Like, just to <laughs> clarify, like, you know, don't stand in the building or whatever. I mean, not- Right. <laughs> do what you want to do, but I'm not referencing that. I'm just saying like, right. um, the challenge is that perhaps, you know, there's a great saying, um, uh, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasures that you seek. Mm. That's Joseph Campbell, I believe. Uh, and I think that that whole thing of like, well, when you realize that there's on the other side of this this thing that you fear, there's all of these things that you desire, that you want. And reinterpreting fear um, as adrenaline and excitement. And, and also knowing that um, when you, uh, that, that we, that the not expecting or, or like refocusing the idea of wanting to be good or wanting to be perfect or caring what other people think about what you do. I think as we get older, we kind of, at least I have, I, I have gotten to this place where I still, I still want people to like my work. I, I don't want people to think I'm, you know, making bad art or this. Or that. But I also have gotten to this place of, of listening to what it is, is coming from inside. Like what, I feel the call to do mm. and that it's not important for me to, you know, have all the, this amount of followers or have this, all these recognitions on the outside. Right. And great. That's, that's, that's great. If it, ha you know, but, but what really is, it's, it's like, uh, I'm a vessel and, um, and I don't, if I really open up to the creative thing coming through, mm -hmm. the scary part is like, oh, well, I know how to make, I want to make it look pretty or I want to make it look good. It's like, but what if what comes through has something else to say that's, that's, mm. that, that, you know, if you, like taking the risk to trust your inner voice and to Ooh. follow that and to know that maybe no one else will get it, but that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Don't let that. Don't don't let the the desire to please other people dictate your artistic expression or nice. life. But just, I, I love that. You, you know. know uh, so so everybody heard. listening um, from Catherine Crockett's 
mind to your ears. Um, trust your inner voice. Reinterpret your fears. Um, ignore superficiality and be the vessel. That's what I got from that. I love it. <laughs> so I want to thank you for coming on. I have to give a special thanks to Ryko Theatricals. We're here because of you. And if you do like us and you're listening, subscribe so we can collect these Showtime coins. And if you um, are th out there or wanting to support any of our podcasts, we have seven. You can get us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts now when you're on the go or YouTube when you're chilling or Facebook, um, go, or go over to Ryko.org and show us some love. Peace, and thank you very much, Catherine. It has been a really great time, and I have enjoyed our conversation, mm -hmm. as always. Thank you, <laughs> likewise. Thank you so much. Well. You too. You've been listening to Behind the Table, a weekly podcast from the Ryko live streaming series produced by Ryko Theatricals. Everything you heard was recorded live on our social media at Ryko Theatricals. You can support this podcast by sharing us on social media, writing a great review, or donating at www.ryko.org/support. Thanks for listening. <laughs>